This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Hello, Bolt fam. Welcome back to another edition of the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, John Moss Jr., and tonight I'm joined by my good friend in Texas, John Hairs. How's it going, buddy? Oh, you know, just uh, living the dream. I'm actually out here in Southern California. Oh, yeah, I forgot you're uh, out, the... you're out uh, west. <laughs> yep. Out here for the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, Going to see the Charger game this weekend, which I'm Ooh. glad I picked. Yeah, when we were – I wasn't – so I usually go to the home opener. I usually go to the Raiders game, and then I usually pick, like, one holiday game. And then I usually go to the Broncos game just because my buddy's a Broncos fan and I go with him. Um, and I just don't like to sell my seats to Bronco fans. At least he's a Bronco fan. He's not annoying. So um, anyway, so, but I couldn't go on opening day and um, couldn't go to the Raider game this year. Um, I found some Charger fans to get my tickets to um, at a discounted rate, if you ask me. But, you know, we, we, I won't get to that whole debate thing because I get, you get crucified if you sell your season tickets because uh, you can't make it. Uh, on like the open market because you know it's always yep. you know you never know so you get crucified so I'm like all right so I got to find a Charger fan but I'm like I just want to make you know somewhere close to what the market would be and they're like no nah, I'm not gonna pay that so I end up selling at a discount per se anyway it's the whole thing um, and then um, so I didn't get to go to that game so this is the first game I was like okay well we're gonna be back for Thanksgiving the Ravens you know I think the Chargers are gonna be good this year so this could be like a big AFC you know, playoff implication type thing. Uh, but turns out it's just going to be the Chargers getting stomped. Molly whopped it. <laughs> Molly whopped, as you might say. By the I, way, actually, probably. I, I actually thought you were out in California um, trying to um, apply for the head coach's job because I reckon you did a lot better job than Brandon Staley. We'll get on to that in a minute. Um, also joining us today is Mr. Dan King with a, another very cool LA Chargers cap on. Oh, always, always. How are we doing? How are we doing? Well, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. It's like, <laughs> it, we're, we're trying to stay happy. It's Thanksgiving week, you know, lots of football this this Thursday. Um, but uh, I suppose we're here to talk about that dumpster. Uh, right, I'll tell you where I'm going to start. I'm going to start with, you've all heard it. Our listeners will have seen it on, on social media. Rex Ryan basically telling Brandon Staley to go back to Divisional 3 football. <laughs> what do you make of that, John? <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, it. he had one year as a successful defensive coordinator. Uh, and, you know, was it because no one had any tape on his defensive schemes? Maybe. Was it because he had a generational cornerback play out of um, – Jalen Ramsey, probably. Do you think having Aaron Donald up the middle to destroy defensive or offensive line game plans uh, and make it easier for the defensive end to get home and not have to, you know, blitz? It can only rush three or four at the quarterback, probably. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't trust him with the defense in the NFL. Uh, if I were a college, D1 college, I, I probably wouldn't trust him. I mean, maybe if you're like a low-level D1 college, but D3 seems about right. He can head coach there. He can do whatever he wants there. And he can come in last place and, and lose to Appalachian State every year. Yeah, I mean, we are last in division. I mean, Dan, it's the first time I've seen Staley really agitated at the podium. What What did you make to his uh, ah, it was, um, pressure? 
he was clearly overly emotional for the situation. Um, wasn't necessarily 100% professional uh, the way he, he acted. Should have kind of taken himself out of the situation and refused to answer questions, really, and he would have come across better. Um, not he here to talk kept... about the fan base. <laughs> yeah, not here to talk about the fans. Um, not here to criticise the defence, because how dare you criticise the defence? There have been improvements. Um, still suck. But, you know, I mean, if you put, like, a little bit of tinsel on a piece of trash, it's still trash. Um and we we don't have that tinsel. We just have a mess. Um, I thought I thought it was kind of disappointing to hear him say that he's not here for the fans. Now, of course, I know the fans aren't directly who he's answering to, and we're all aware of that. But still, you want him to at least show some sign that maybe he cares how he's perceived and how people view what he's doing. Yeah. So I'm gonna throw a bit of a spanner in the works here and uh, I'm not defending Brandon Staley as per se, but there is an element where players are not executing and we can talk, we can sit here all night and talk about all the drops, the flags and everything else. But John, it, I had a funny feeling it was going to be one of those games and early on when Herbert's, he threw a, a missile downfield to Donald Parham Jr., who decides I'm not catching it, I'm going to drop it. Uh, and that was one of, of many drops. Um, you know, we could talk about ASJ with his blown coverage, you know, not tracking uh, Reed when, when he should have. I mean, we, we are right, are we? That there is an element where the, the players have to take some responsibility for Sunday's 23 to 20 defeat uh, in Green Bay. I think so. Um, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, players are going to be to blame for some of it. There is a, there is a level of execution that's just not there. Um, so I get that, but it, it just kind of reflects more on his, what seems to be an increased attitude of, I know what's going on. And if people would just listen to me and do what I say, things would be better. Right. Versus saying, Hey, this is not working. Maybe there's something we need to change to make it work. And, you know, it's, it's tough, right? Like I know he doesn't want to hear about his defense. Right. But at the end of the day, sure. They didn't give up a lot of points today or, or this last weekend, right? Like 23 is not a lot of points. I get that, but you're also talking about an offense that doesn't generally put up a lot of points. You're talking about a quarterback who has, been questioned as to whether or not he is actually an NFL starting caliber quarterback and he had a career day against your defense. So yep. I, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, the defense was a problem. Like, and the defense for three years has been a problem. Right. And that's the problem. The problem is like, Oh, uh, can't just like, Oh yes. Or that, or blah, blah, blah. Like one or two little things like uh, one game or two games or whatever. Like it's the body of work, right? The body work is a problem and there is not, like you can have a bad defensive game and it doesn't have to be all about the defense, but when your body of work says that your defensive plan does not seem to work, I mean, that's just, it is what it is. Like, so I don't know what to tell, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yes, players should execute. And I do agree with like, you can't let them off the hook, but also I, I think that they're not put in the best position to succeed. Right. Yeah. Like 
which is the know. definition of coaching is putting people right. in that position to succeed. Isn't that their job, right? That was when I, I did a, I did a British American football coaching course um, like five years ago. And the very first thing I got told was coaching is putting people in the position to succeed. And yeah, this just did not, did not happen. I thought it was quite telling that um, he kept um, talking about the, the pass coverage and the defensive backs and saying, our focus is the pass coverage. We are drilling this in every week and we will continue to drill this in every week. So, okay, but you can keep drilling in that defensive pass coverage, but I mean, it's clearly not working. Change things up. Approach it in a different manner. And and this is the thing, right? I sat here four days ago and said, I've got Jordan Love starting my bench in fantasy. I am not going to start him because he's no way on earth is he going to generate any more fantasy points than, than Jalen Hurts. What happened? Jordan Love, 27 of 40, 322 yards and two scores. Okay? Jordan Love is not a tier one QB. He played like a tier one QB on Sunday. Despite the fact that we generated some heat, we generated pressure, two sacks. You know, we, we allowed him uh, to get some explosive plays down to uh, Dobbs and, and Jaden Reed, who had a 98-yard net game. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. And do you know what? Kenneth Murray, just 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 fire his ass because that dude cannot tackle. He's regressed. He's regressed as a football player. And, you know, we, we're now into a position where, as on the charge at Vault's podcast, we, we've generally not been too sort of aggressive towards players and the coaching staff. It's gone beyond a joke. It really has. And I think... You know, there's got to be some deep, deep, uh, thoughtful conversations that need to be going on uh, in the Chargers building, mainly in the owner's office, because I think we've 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 highlighted this a number of times. The, the GM um, is probably not the answer to our problems going forward. Uh, John, you said about three weeks ago about starting with a, with a, a new slate. If Bez is here right now, he will be laying into Joey Bosa. Look, it's a it's a physical game. It's a violent game. It's football. Players are going to get injured. But, you know, we've seen time and time again our key players going out. Um, just an absolute disaster. I mean, I want to I want to start with, um, you know, Austin Johnson. You know, looks like Green Bay were going to be punting the football. And there's Johnson with, with a face mask. New set of downs to Green Bay. It's things like that that are killing us. And and, and, and this is where I'm coming from, where when I say that the players have to take a level of responsibility, you know, it's not all on Brandon Staley. A lot of it is. And he needs to change his ways and he's not going to. Um, I mean, did did anybody think at halftime it was Green Bay were up by three? Did everybody think we were going to lose this game? John, what, what, was, what was your thoughts going into the second half? Well, I'll say this. I didn't want to watch the game, so I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch it live. I watched the the, the rebroadcast, basically, uh, from from what I recorded. I I had a bad feeling about the game, so I actually signed up for a golf tournament, and I was golfing in the rain, which is tell you all you need to know is I don't I don't like weather. I'm not a weather guy. I'm like a, I like I I like you know I like the sun, you know I like it to be not too hot. Like that's who I am. So the fact that I was out there in the rain golfing for 18 holes versus saying, forget this. I'm going to go back to the clubhouse, grab a drink and watch the game in the clubhouse. 
that tells you all you need to know about what I really wanted to do during this game. I just, I had very little faith. And yes, I saw the score at halftime and I was like, well, this looks like it's going to have a poor ending. Like I still had hope, I guess, just because this is what, this is what Brandon Staley's teams have done throughout his entire tenure is they've played against teams who they should probably beat and they've played them too close and they've snuck a victory at the end of the game, right? How many times did we see that last year where they're playing a team who wasn't very good and whether it was a great play by like one of someone on offense or defense, a bad move by the other team, missing a field goal, fumbling the ball on a kickoff, something, you know, something dumb like that where the Chargers have benefited. Like it always seems like there was something at the end of the game that seemed to kind of go the Chargers way last year um, against the bad team that they should have beat handily, but somehow barely beat. Right. So it's just a common trend. So I was just, I was kind of expecting the same thing. And you know, honestly, it almost did. Right. Chargers got the ball back. They had an opportunity at the end of the game to win it. Quentin Johnson, who, you know, I think everybody is becoming very tired of. We've tried to make, make excuses for him. I've tried to come on here and defend him, right? Like say, hey, you know what? Kellen Moore's not using him right. You know, he doesn't have any consistency with Herbert. Herbert would rather look to Allen, who he trusts, da 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 Like, it'll come, it'll come. He was thrust into an opportunity, and he has, honestly, he has done mostly just not come through. There's, right, a, there's a rumor going the game is exactly. Sorry, there's a rumor going around that Justin Herbert's bought QJ a uh, jugs machine for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't know if it would help. I don't know if it would help. Like, I mean, this was his concern coming out is he had drop issues, and you know, you need we needed to see some something from him, right? And granted, there are plenty of wide receivers who had drop issues in preseason and even their first season as a pro and have managed to come back from it. So I'm not going to go and stick the fork in QJ and say he's done, but like, that's a backbreaker. I mean, you can't drop that pass. I don't care. I don't care what your excuse might be. And there shouldn't be any excuses. Like you're an NFL wide receiver. That pass was in your hands. Like, even if you, even if you were trying to say you were a little off balance and you, you would have to catch the ball and fall down, whatever. Right, like at least they're in field goal range, right? I don't know if he necessarily would have caught that and they would have had a touchdown and won it, but like you can't drop that pass. So I just, it was almost the script as Staley seems to do it. They just didn't come. It did the ball didn't bounce their way this time. Which, again, you can tell me, oh, the NFL has luck and you're not going to win them all and blah 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 blah. But far too many times, Staley's teams play down to the competition. They leave the competition in it, and yeah, they got a, they they've j- traditionally gotten the lucky bounce at the end of the game. But when those lucky bounces don't get to you, you end up at two and five. Yeah, I mean, obviously Keenan had a, a drop as well, didn't he, Dan, uh, on the one yard line? Yeah, very. Un- well, I mean, you'd say uncharacteristic, but everyone's going to have drops now and then. It's just it came in the worst time. Yeah, I mean, with that, uh, with Eckler's fumble, that was that really was bad was timing tough. as well. Yeah. Um, uh, did I, you I, see? I would. Uh, I'm going to get back on my little soapbox here. Austin Eckler's overrated. I've I've always said this. I'm not, I, I will root for him, and he's an asset in the passing game. But he is not someone you can rely on as your true number one. And I've said this for a long time. And one of the things I pointed out is his fumble issue. So, yeah, you're right. The timing on the fumble was bad, but ultimately, it's Austin Eckler. He's going to fumble. Right, and you, you did say last week. Really high. You did say last week as well. Could um, put Kelly in there for some of those goal line carries. He's going to get the same result. Um, can or, we just talk better. about the? Can we just talk about the number one Chargers rusher on Sunday? 
with 9.1 yards per carry. carry, Mr. Justin Herbert, I mean, that's great. You know, we've got a mobile quarterback, and it's great to see that. And he slid. And like slid, correctly, but we at should, least once. I don't want to see him running down like he does stiff arming players. He's going to get injured. We can't. We can't afford to have that. But I don't want to see it, but I do like it. Oh, I do like it. Don't get me wrong; it's very exciting. But this is the problem: is it's like John said. You know, we're, we're reliant too much on on uh, you know Eckler, who, who's not an out and out running back. He's a hybrid. You know, I mean, in in the passing game was awful. I think he had two receptions for seven yards or six yards or something. Um, you know, and it theoretic theory can't get my words out. Theoretical question that drop at the end of the game by QJ does Mike Williams catch that? We'll never know, but you know, that's the sort of thing that he relishes on, isn't it? Those, uh, you know, uh, 50-50s. Um, but you know, QJ is gonna have to pick himself up from that, as is Keenan. I mean, Keenan. You know, he had 116 yards of the day, but uh, the one that got away is ultimately the one that cost us a game. I mean, realistically, we should have won this by 30. But again, we, we're sat here talking about the ifs, the buts, the whats, and, and all and everything else. And it's just, it's just unacceptable. Officially now, bottom of the division. Sorry, Dan, you're going to say something? Yeah, just thinking of, uh, a couple of points. Uh, Mention Alan there. You and I spoke before recording about how there was also a pass from Herbert to Allen in the end zone that went to the corner and it looked like Keenan went to get it like back shoulder rather than in the corner. And it's like, there were just a few misconnections all round. Um, the other thing was, did you hear the story about the cleats? No. Oh well, yes. I don't, don't want to give too much credence to it, but the suggestion that Brandon Staley midweek demanded that players all have different cleats to what they had been using and the players didn't want to, but did. And then Austin Eckler kept slipping. Um, I mean, there's there's got to be something to it, but I don't well, want to give too much validity to just some footwear because right. you're still a professional. You've still got to go out there. This really annoys me because we, we've seen this before in the NFL and we see it in soccer. If professionals can't sort out their footwear, you know, soldiers go into battle wearing the correct footwear. And, and, and if... If that is true, what the head coach has done there, that's just unforgivable. Because yeah, I think cleats, it was um, cleats, it was the sideline report. Who was it? Uh, Laura Oakman. Yeah, cleats make a hell of a difference. You know, um, if a player's not comfortable, I, I mean, if you look at Philip Rivers, I think he wore the same pair of cleats for seventeen years or something. But it's those little those little uh, um, details that that can actually cost you. And you know, I. I when we when they kicked off, they were talking about players sliding all over the place. I thought, oh, here we go. That's that's all we need. You, you know, we need all the advantages we can get, or you know, we don't need any of the disadvantages. That that's for sure. But yeah, that, it, it's just painful. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, positives. What guys? Give us a couple of positives. It's it's Thanksgiving week. We we didn't get Justin the win. Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yeah. I mean, well. What was his um his PFF grade was through the roof, wasn't it? Uh, well, ninety two point seven. Well, it's the only one that graded on the offense above seventy. That's all you need to know. Um, wasn't he the yeah? There was there was three defensive players that graded above seventy, but no one above eighty. Before uh, before we get into some more positives, I just want to mention the the, the O line. Uh, they really struggled. Zion Johnson gave up seven pressures. Will Clark gave up three, and Rashawn Slater gave up four. I mean. 
Green Bay brought some heat, um, and I think Herbert did well to escape the pocket on a number of occasions. Um, obviously, did take the uh, was it three sacks he took? Um, yeah, three sacks he took. Uh, you know, so again, we do we don't look the same up front without um, Corey Lindsley, but we're just going to have to live with what we've got. I mean, John, is it, was there anything from the tape you saw that that could give us a little bit of hope going down the stretch? Which is that the, the light is dimming every time we we play football. I mean, they were better against the run. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, this team is just, I don't know. They they just don't seem like they have it. Like, offensively, they seem to struggle at certain times, and the defense can't be relied upon unless they're playing a bad team with a bad quarterback. Um, you know, even then, we can't rely on them. Like, it's, it's really hard for me to find a lot of positivity. And, like, I guess the biggest positive is that you have – still quite a few bad teams on the on the schedule right so there's definitely winnable games there it's just what's the point right like does does anybody really think if this team were to make it to the playoffs they're not going to get embarrassed by a, a team in the playoffs like so, does anyone think they can hang the playoffs it's just going to be another ding at herbert to say oh he's never won a playoff game because we'd get there yeah. and we'd lose yeah i'd rather they just i'd rather they just flame out and you know they fire a Staley and Telesco and we go into a two-year rebuild right like it is what it is like I don't know what to tell you like there's just not I just don't have a lot of faith that this team could actually perform against a good team out there so you know it just I technically they're not mathematically eliminated I know all the all that stuff it's just they just don't feel like they've got it right so and all you're going to do is hang on continue to feel like you have some hope and it's just going to be a wa another wasted season yet again I mean over and over again, all we keep talking about are wasted seasons, wasted seasons, wasted seasons. And you know what? Until they can figure out who – until they can find an, a legitimately good NFL-caliber head coach, they're going to continue to waste seasons. And that's just who this team is right now. So, you know, I'd love to be more positive. I'd love to be like, oh, you know, anything could happen. But, like, there's not really much that you can see on, on tape that makes you think, oh, this team can, can really compete because – the the Packers are the definition of a team who are yeah they're not a garbage team, but they're the definition of a team who's like eh they're okay, right? Yeah, they They'll, were definitely like, there to be beaten. Yeah, and we just did. Well, yeah, I mean this is the thing you know when you allow Jordan Love to uh, achieve a career high of three hundred twenty odd passing yards, that's all you need to know. Um, Wasn't it the the Packers' first game in twenty seven games or something with three hundred yards passing? I don't Sounds know like that, crazy. but yeah, that 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 probably sounds about right. But I mean, you look at the you know the charges were, were were pretty good in in red zone offense going into this game, and then you know end of the game we're we're one and uh, one of four in the red zone. You know, I mean, it's just like oh, you know, it's just it's just so disappointing, and the fact that we were sat here seven or eight weeks ago saying how how garbage. Las Vegas and Denver were, and who's sat at the foot of the division? <laughs> the LA Chargers. You just, you just can't make it up. But John, you've got a tough game on Sunday, man. You've got a tough day ahead of you. The Baltimore. I'm Ravens. just going to. I'm just going to enjoy watching football live. I'm going to enjoy the tailgate ahead of time. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Like I can't, I can't sit here and go. Oh, I'm re ready for them to win because they're probably not. 
And on the upside, I don't have to stay for the whole game. So that would be good. <laughs> um, you know, get out early, try to beat some traffic. Um, I don't know. It's just, it, it's real tough. It's real tough to, to think that they're going to have a chance against, against the Ravens. The uh, Ravens are an actual good team. They are a team who has played well on both sides of the ball. And I just have trouble believing Chargers are going to be able to figure out how to stop them. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, you know, just to touch on that point, like, you know, is there anything good more hope? I mean, and, and the red zone thing is a comp. If you look at it, you could look at it two ways. You could look at it and go, well, they were in the red zone. They had the opportunities. If they just converted, right, this team would have won. Like, you know, so it's not like the, the scoreboard necessarily reflects what this team could have done. And I get that argument. I get the argument that, look, you know, a couple things go their way and this is a very different game. They win by two scores, right? And I get that. That is a legitimate argument you could potentially make. But I would argue that the reason that these gaps are happening and the reason they happen all the time is a culture thing, yet again. I don't think people believe in the culture. I don't think I, – I think the players are starting have started to lose confidence that they can compete at a high level. And I think these mistakes are going to continue to happen. And this is what happens on bad teams. Bad teams make dumb mistakes. They cost themselves touchdowns. They cost themselves opportunities and points. And that's what this team has done. And I think they will continue to do until they get the right leadership in there. You know, until Bill Belichick comes over and decides to start coaching the Chargers, I don't know what to say, tell you. Oh, Bill. <laughs> I, I'll tell Just you what. Kidding. Say, even if he did, I ain't listened to any of his press conferences because that, that man could send a headache tablet to sleep. I'll tell you. But look, we talk about QJ and he's not being great as a as a, a number one overall pick for the LA Charge in 2023. One player who has been great as, as a first round pick for the Baltimore Ravens, Zay Flowers. Um, you know, we've we've he's he's had a decent start to his his, his uh, career. Um and just looking at Baltimore. They absolutely their last five games, they absolutely whooped Detroit 38-6. Beat a uh, poor Cardinals team 31 24, 37 to 3 against Seattle, lost in a close game to Cleveland by two, and then defeated uh, Cincinnati 34 20. Um, <laughs> this is not going to be the uh, Chargers victory that we saw in that 2018 playoffs or the, those years ago. Um, this is definitely going to be a case of uh, damage limitation, is it, Dan? With, without the likes of Joey Bosa, who's doubtful, and we're recording this on a Tuesday. Yeah, um, I'm not optimistic. Um, <laughs> at least they don't have Mark Andrews, right? Um, um, well, he, he's out, isn't he? For so, sure, yeah. I mean, supposedly yeah. it's not as bad as, as they originally said, so he may not be done for the season, but it's going to be weeks before he gets back. Regardless it, it'll be interesting to have the, um, the Zay Flowers, uh, Quentin Johnston, comparison right there for everyone to see but i mean it's all it's all a result of everything else going on with the team isn't it uh, you can't necessarily put all of it on johnston to then compare against flowers because johnston is playing under a brandon staley led like management so i mean i don't think i'd play well in that system i don't think i'd play well in any system but that's by the by um but yeah uh, it'll, it'll be an interesting watch for a couple of minutes, um, maybe we'll get another like fourth and 28 or something that we give up. I've not seen the uh, uh, what the charges are against the line, but according to ESPN's matchup predictor, we've got a 43% chance of uh, victory, um, against the eight and three Ravens. That much, 
They're four and one um, away from home. Charges are two and three at home. Um, that is not good. That is really not good. Uh, John, have we, have we got any hope of, of slowing down the Ravens? Or is it just be a case of just hope and pray? Um, I mean, yes, there's a hope, right? I mean, it's the NFL. Any week, a team can win, right? We see the Jets have some wins this season, and they're definitely not a good team, right? So, like, even the you never know when, won. <laughs> right? So, like, it's it's hard, it's hard to like say, oh, there's no hope. The sky's falling. I mean the NFL, these are professional teams, like anything could happen. I just, I would say I'm not putting money on it. I would go into the game. You'll be a happier person if you go into the game without expectations is what I'm going to say. So I think just kind of take it for what it is and enjoy the experience of football in front of your eyes, but don't, uh, don't go in thinking, Oh, this is, you know, this is a game that they're going to win. This is winnable. They have, you know, like they have a chance, but I just, I wouldn't put money on it. Wow, I'm just checking against the spread. Baltimore minus three and a half. I thought it had been a bit uh, uh, lower than that. Um, interestingly, head to head, five and five in the last ten. Baltimore defeated the Chargers thirty-four six in uh, twenty twenty-one. Uh, <laughs> so you know, very very similar teams, uh, both sides of football. You know, it's only been a couple of years. Uh, our last victory came in 2019, 23-17. So, you know, this is this is going to be a, a tough one. If Lamar has one of those days, I could see him going for 100 yards on the ground and, and probably 280-plus through the air. Do you reckon, Dan? Would you go with that? Yeah, although we could see the same from Herbert. Like another 80 or 90 yards on the ground, 300 through the air. It could happen. So... Offensively, this might be quite an entertaining game, but I do think the Ravens have quite the um, higher class defense than we do. So, you know, it's going to be a bad game if Huntley comes on the field as he did against uh, Detroit and he did against Seattle. You know, if they're bringing QB2 on, you know, that the Chargers have really had a bad day. And by that time, John is in a state restaurant somewhere in LA having a cold one. <laughs> I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely going to be gone before Tyler Huntley enters the game. So, um. oh yeah, I, 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 look, I, I think you know we, we've given a lot of criticism out tonight, um, but also we've had a bit of a uh, a smile and cracked a few jokes, and I think that's the point. You know, just gonna the season is what it is at the moment, and you, you know it's it, it, there's no point sitting here getting upset. This is something that we've seen time and time again. And this is why people are calling for a change in the head coach's chair, a change in the GM's chair, uh, whether they happen, we'll have to find out, but you know, it's, it's the LA Chargers. 101 ways to lose. I think that's going to be uh Staley's autobiography. <laughs> um, I mean, guys, Come on, give us your score prediction. I've got mine written down. I've got a funny feeling one of you are going to sort of replicate what I've got. See, got I haven't given down. any thought to it yet, so let's just go with um, they they have a good offense. We have a trash defense. So 
33-18 Ravens win. Ooh. John? Oof, that is a that is a heck of a score you got there. 33 to 18. Um I want to say I'm shocked and appalled by that score by Dan, but I the more I think about it, the more I the more I actually completely agree with that score. All right. Um, it's a great time to be a Chargers fan. <laughs> I Dan, I, I, Dan are, you, are, you, are you going with uh, six field goals there for the Chargers? <laughs> no. Um, two touchdowns, a missed extra point, and a field goal. Of course. Okay. A missed extra, obviously, like, why wouldn't we miss an extra point? Hey, wait, that. That, even that doesn't add up. That's uh, Yeah, that's that's 16. Throwing a safety as well. All right, okay, yeah. Oh, we, we, we can go. Why not? All right. Um, I'm having a bet on that because that probably happened. I think I'm going to go something similar to Dan, just because I, I actually think I agree. I, I'm going to say 34-17. Just say, it's not too wild, because the over-under is currently sat at 47. So, like, it's it's going to be probably high-scoring. And if it's high-scoring, it's going to be against us. Yeah, I think Brandon Stanley yeah. will roll the dice and uh, bench Herbert on Sunday. Play QB soon. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I've got I've got the Ravens winning this one, 31-10. 31-10. Okay, so 34-17, 33-18, and 31-10. Not, so, so, uh, not a lot of faith here. No, and I, I think I think Baltimore will start fast, and then Mister Huntley will come on. And John will exit left and and go for a stake. <laughs> I mean, just putting it out there, we all predicted the Chargers to beat the Packers, and we were all wrong. Hey, here's hoping we're all wrong again. Yeah, I'd like to think I, we're wrong, but do you know, I still want look. It's it's disaster season. I just want the Chargers to win football games. Um, and, and again, we've lost. What happened to Kansas City? They lost. So that that was an opportunity for us to close the gap. Denver now are two games behind Kansas. I'm not saying for one minute Denver are going to knock KC off top spot, but here we are languishing at the bottom of the uh, AFC West, playing point four hundred football. Um, same record as the Rams, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and the New York Jets. J-E-T-E, Jets. Jets, Jets. Guys, um, we've recorded earlier in the week for obvious reasons. Uh, John, don't eat too much on Thanksgiving. In fact, no, eat a ton, buddy. Eat a ton. Uh, I'll, I'll, have a, I'll raise a glass to you on Thursday night when I get back from work. Um, where can we find your socials? You find me at Adroid Airs, hashtag Audible Chocolate. Mr. King. You can find me at UKLA Chargers and at Blue Amolga. Find me at Charged Up Bolts. Wrong, wrong. Charged Up Bolts underscore. Uh, John and I run that uh, handle. The podcast is Charged Up uh, Pod. Elliot Bermudez is uh, Bez the Spaniard. Bez is not with us again tonight. He's working. And you can find me at Endzone85. Um, what can we say? We're entering Happy week 11. Happy Thanksgiving. Try not to get too down. Um, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and that is the end of the season, and a new head coach. <laughs> You've been listening to Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. This is Rashawn Slater, first-round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up.